This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Good afternoon and welcome. Tomorrow is Donald Trump's Inauguration Day and thousands of people are expected to attend. There will be the usual pomp and circumstance as the celebrity business tycoon is sworn in as the 45th president of the United States. But marches and protests are also planned for January 20th, and they will include Canadians traveling for that purpose. We've been talking this week about the anxiety worldwide over this transition, partly because Donald Trump is so unpredictable. Last night, the Mosaic Institute was able to sell out an event entitled Canada in a Trump World, and our government even shuffled the cabinet to meet the challenge. Earlier this week, former Lieutenant General and current Liberal Parliamentary Secretary Andrew Leslie told our listeners, first, by the way, about his new role dealing with the Trump administration. Should we take his advice and take a chill pill and see what happens? I'd like to hear from you. 416-360-0740. Toll free 1-866-740-4740. Your thoughts about Canada in a Trump world. I'm here with Bernie Farber, the executive director of the Mosaic Institute, and on the line, I have Mike Van Solen from Navigator Limited. Gentlemen, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having Thank me. You. So, Mike, uh, is everyone kind of overreacting? No, I mean, I, I don't think it's overreaction because I think we are in a pretty unprecedented uh, time. We are getting a candidate. Uh, we are getting a president of the most powerful country in the world, unlike one we've ever seen. He's defied convention all the way along. And I think it's the uh, randomness with which he acts uh, at times that have people on edge. So, um, you know, it's a, it, it is a time to, uh, where I think lots of people are trying to sort out what to make of this because it really still for me to, to this day, is, is hard to believe it, uh, it's actually happening. Well, it is certainly happening. Uh, you know, in the last days, I'm wondering if he or people in his administration are kind of sending soft messages to Canada, because I've seen a number of stories saying that, you know, Trump is okay with Canada. It's Mexico that's in his sights. Today, uh, we saw a new opinion poll from Angus Reid, which says that Americans want the new government uh, to have Canada as the top of the list of their allies. Are those things significant, Mike? Well, they, you know, there's a, there is a great if, – if Canadians are going to take comfort in this, it's that there is a great relationship between Canada and the United States. It's unlike the relationship uh, the United States has with any other country in the world. And while it doesn't get talked about as much in uh, American mainstream media or just among uh, conversations about the, the dynamics between countries in the world, uh, and, and it doesn't get talked about a lot because it, it functions so well. It's not one fraught with issues. The, the the truth of the matter is, even just economically, the relationship is so deep. For 35 states,
States. Their number one trading partner is Canada. So uh, the depth of that relationship, whether it's economic or with respect to our presence on the world stage uh, militarily, uh, is, is what is going to serve us well through this time of, of change. Okay. Well, uh, obviously, trade is at the top of the agenda, and the American administration has already signaled they want to open up NAFTA. We've had some hints about the particular, uh, you know, parts of NAFTA that that they're not happy with. But that's not top of mind for, say, the people, Bernie, that you were in touch with yesterday. It was, to say the least, a very interesting evening. We had, uh, as as you noted, a sellout crowd. We had to turn people away at the door. And what I found, um, A, as part of the panel, but B, after listening to a wide range of opinion last night, and, and uh, it wasn't just those from you know the progressive left. We had the left, we had the extreme middle, we had the right. I mean, it was it was quite an interesting conversation. But there is a huge angst out there. There is fear out there. Well, whether it is uh, whether we should be afraid or not, um, I, I don't know. But I, all I can tell you is this: in my lifetime. Um, and I go back more years than I care to think about, and I've been involved with neo-Nazi organizations in terms of dealing with their impact on Canada and, and other hate groups. I don't think I've ever seen a situation like this where the uh, president-elect of the United States uh, accepts into his fold, for example, as a chief uh, uh, advisor on his, uh, to his cabinet, a man by the name of Stephen Bannon. And this, to me, is, is, is very much like the microcosm of, of everything. Uh, here is a man who is, by almost his own admission, a white nationalist who uh, was the CEO of Breibart News. And anybody who knows anything about Breibart News knows that they have engaged in racist, misogynist, sexist, Islamophobic um, uh, reporting. Um, and, and the very thought that this man would be sitting to, you know, at, at, at the right hand of the President of the United States and the President of the United States actually welcomes him in as, a, as an advisor has to be a, a warning sign for us all. You know, when I look at this, it strikes me that he's got all kinds of people with uh, all kinds of, uh, you know, different opinions, and, and he kind of wants them to battle it out. Um, does that make sense to you, Mike? I would like to believe that. Um, I, you know, we do see some, uh, we certainly see some distance between what Trump has said on the campaign trail and what some of his cabinet uh, picks have been saying. But it doesn't strike, I'm not inspired with confidence to think this is a Lincoln-like team of rivals that he has put together. Uh, so I really think it's going to be a situation where we're going to have to see how this plays out to truly know what it will mean. Uh, mean for us. I think we also have to look at the man himself. I mean, let's not forget, here is a guy who eschewed convention, he's disrupted civility, he's mocked those different from the norm, he's engaged in personal bullying, intimidation, sexism, misogyny, racism. I mean, is this the actions of a president of the United States? It's it's almost, it's like you know, I used to, I was a big fan of House of Cards. I watched all mm-hmm. 52 episodes, but I knew it was fiction up until today. Well, I think <laughs> I I okay, let's let's not accuse him of that because there was murder not, in House well, of Cards. Well, I'm not going that far, of yeah. course, but I'm saying that in terms of 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 what you could conceive of a president being 
Um, it was it, it's it's pretty remarkable. It's pretty remarkable. Well, it is certainly remarkable and unconventional. Um, and I know that uh, a lot of our listeners like the things that he has brought in terms of a, a different way of doing business. And I'd like to hear from some of them. Four one six three six zero zero seven forty. Toll free one eight six six seven forty four seven forty. What do you think of the prospect of Canada in a Trump world? Are you feeling as anxious as some of uh, the other people are? Are you chilling and just going to wait and see what happens, keeping an open mind, or do you think it's going to be great? Let us know. Right now, I am here with Bernie Farber, who is the executive director of the Mosaic Institute, and Mike Van Solen from Navigator Limited. Uh, so tomorrow, uh, what are you expecting in the speech, Mike? It's funny. I was just uh, someone in the office just shared with me the different odds uh, that Vegas is putting on on phrases he may use. Uh, Make America great is, of course, the the best uh, odds and most likely. Um, but people are throwing out a lot of other uh, terms. I mean, I think for us, uh, it's a question of will he touch on trade? Will he touch on the North American Free Trade Agreement? Uh, and will he talk about Canada in that context? I think will be very interesting. I'm certain he will talk about Obama care. Uh, but even on that topic, he's put himself into a bit of a box. He's, uh, on one hand, they've talked about uh, revoking it, uh, getting rid of it. And on the other hand, they've talked about uh, replacing it. And he seemed on the weekend to even raise the bar higher by saying that everyone deserved health care. Well, but they've already about- moved to get rid of it when there's nothing in place. I mean, I it, it seems that's one thing where I'm thinking like, wow, this seems really a little bit confused. You can't have all these things happening at once. It, it, you know, the question for me is, will he even, for this speech, of, of any speech he delivers, for this speech, will he follow the script? You know, would he be uh, so inclined to even ad lib on a, on a moment as big as this? Well, he, he did it, Mike, during, you know, all of the debates. Um, he, yeah. I, I mean, I, I just can't see that he's going to change his stripes uh, tomorrow. I, I think we're going to be in for a another one of those shocker-roo moments. Well, I, I, I don't know if he's going to ad lib. I mean, I think he's going to say what he wants to say. And apparently he wrote it himself, which is uh, you know, a little terrifying as well. So, <laughs> I mean, there's, uh, it's going to be an interesting day. Okay. Let's, uh, let's go to the phones. We've got Ron in Burlington. Hi, Ron. Hi. Thank you for taking my call. Thanks for calling. I, go ahead. Sorry. I first of all, I want to say that I, I am not going to argue with anyone uh, that uh, Trump is a little boorish at times and he speaks his mind and he's not that politically correct. However, we cannot uh, neglect the fact that 50% of the people that voted in the United States are fed up. They put this man in power, and he's going to do, I give him, you know, talk is cheap. Let's give him some time. I think he's going to do what is good for the people that elected him. And these Canadians traipsing down there to Washington, this high and mighty moral nonsense, it's just laughable. We should mind our own business. Uh, You know, um, people have the right to protest, but I kind of think, you know, people, uh, it's true he's hugely powerful and it will have an impact on our lives. But but going down to protest for other causes, you know, uh, women's rights, and I am a feminist, I say so. I I don't know. Like, it's not your 
your country. And, you know, your our rights here are not going to be impacted by I, what he does there. I agree with you. And forgive me for admitting in public, too, I'm a bit of a feminist. Uh, but, uh, that's, wonder, that's good. I wonder where is the Judy Rebix and the Sunana Thimbani, that's both professors at universities now, that used to carry the flag around and wave it every day. Why are we worrying about women's rights in Canada and the United States when we've got women being murdered and treated like animals around the world. Where well, I, I, Ron, honestly, I think that's really a bit of an exaggeration, uh, and, and I'm not speaking for Judy Rebick or anybody else, but many women, many feminists, and many non-feminists have spoken out strongly against issues, uh, world issues, international issues in terms of how women are being treated. Uh, and we also have the right, I believe, especially when issues that have been decided, I think, long ago, issues around abortion, issues around same-sex marriage, uh, I think we do have the right as human beings to take moral, ethical stands. And certainly, look, I remember back in the day, and we're talking about the late 60s, uh, uh, you know, marching in anti-Vietnam War marches. Canada had nothing to do with Vietnam, but we knew that it was an immoral war. And many of us, and I'm now I'm dating myself, but many of us stood up and, as my late father would say, opened the mouth. Okay. It's, a, it's, a, it's, it's an interesting point, but, uh, you know, I think that... Also, if, if we want to, I mean, our main goal in this, my, my, my thought is to protect our own interests. And that should be job one. Am I still on the line? You're still on the line, but, uh, but we've got to wrap you up because we have callers waiting. I, I acknowledge that there are many women feminists that have spoken out against it, but there's not enough. I'm talking about the ones that the CBC promoted for 20 years as the saviors of women. Okay, well, this is this is the not CBC here, so <laughs> complain about the CBC to the CBC because we, we like to think we're completely different. Ron, well, you, thanks for your call. Thank you for allowing me to speak my mind. Okay, let's go to Brian in Toronto. Hello, Brian. Thank you for taking my call. Hi. I, I absolutely agree with you, Libby, in the fact that we should be protesting the issues at home. We do not vote in America. Uh, we also have to understand that according to the rule of law in America, Donald Trump was elected under the law. Whether we like the electoral college versus the popular vote, that's not the argument. By rule of law, he was elected. We have to respect that. I, I agree. We should, about, we, should, we should take care of our problems at home before we go out and try to change the world. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, there's um, except there's always spillover, and so what? What what do I? What am I talking about when I say spillover? Since the uh, um, since the election of Donald Trump, and even slightly before that, the number of incidents of hate crimes, both in the United States and in Canada, has arguably increased to an extent that we haven't seen in oh, I'd say about 20 years. Now, I'm not blaming Donald Trump. Obviously, he didn't tell people to go out and paint swastikas on synagogues. It kind of sounds like you are. No, listen to what I'm saying. What I am saying is that when you embrace 
uh, people who uh, extort white nationalism, when you ha- when you give out vibes that this kind of thing is probably not so bad, that the extreme right should be listened to, and you have the KKK, and you have neo-Nazis, and you have skinheads both here in Canada and in the United States saying that this is the best thing that's ever happened to us, the election of Donald Trump – you're going to you're going to have an impact in this country, and that's exactly what has happened. Okay, so there let's is a let's let's uh, let's get a read from Mike on that. What sure. do you make of that, well, Mike? You know, I'll, you know, I I agree with what Bernie has said, but I also I I will acknowledge that it is a little bit rich for uh, many on the left who were so uh, outraged when Donald Trump said he may not accept the legitimacy of the election during the during the debates, and that which was they, outrageous. And they, right, it was outrageous. But they have he, he he did win this election uh, legitimately. Yeah, and he did respond. Mm-hmm. Voters went. They, they voted. There's no suggestion that the that the the election was was rigged in any way. And for people now to not accept legitimately the, this campaign by Hollywood to uh, for, you know that the electoral college members would maybe uh, you know not perform their duties as as a, as a sign was crazy. So I, I think it is a little bit rich. Um, the way we've moved from you know the out and the truth is people just really hated Donald Trump when Donald Trump said he wouldn't uh, or there's a constituency of people who really hate him legitimately I'm not taking issue with it but when he said he may not accept the legitimacy of the election they were outraged and immediately upon him winning they're they're all campaigning to to not accept the legitimacy of this election and and talking about popular vote and I get all the all the arguments but I I, I can accept that it's a bit rich you're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. We are back with discussion of Canada in a Trump world, which arrives tomorrow. Let's go right to the phones. We've got Martin in Brampton. Hi, Martin. Hi, Libby. How are you? Fine. How are you? Oh, very good. Um... You know, I think that uh, the question I ask myself is, would I rather have a professional politician or a professional businessman leading my country? Given the state of our taxes where the politicians seem to be mismanaging our money, we're building, we're not building anything. We're, the politicians are mismanaging all the money. The gas plant in, in, in Ontario here with wind. Yeah, the, tolls on the road. That's that's a whole other call-in show, and we do that often here. But go on, yeah. So, but but uh, you know, Donald Trump's record is pretty checkered. Yes, he has a checkered record. We're going to have to see. He's withdrawn a lot of a lot of stuff that he said before. But I mean, you know, maybe it's the politicians. It's time for them, to, the professional politicians. And I'm talking about the the children that are the that go to university for political science and they've got their degrees. You might as well throw that out the window. Now we got Donald Trump. Now we're going to have Kevin Leary, and now we're probably going to have every billionaire in the in this continent of ours trying to become president. Do they think they can do a better job? Everything's about money. Well, uh, yeah, hopefully we don't get too many uh, uh, celebrities. Uh, Martin, thanks for your call. We only have a few minutes here. Uh, let's go to Bill in Toronto. Hi, Bill. Hi. I'm not sure if it was your guest or somebody said it on there, 
But I get so tired of this narrative of Donald Trump, all the you know racist, homophobic, whatever. It just goes to show the left is exactly what they accuse the right of being. They're intolerant. Don't get their own way. It's their way or the highway. Okay, uh, you know what, Bill? There's something uh, wrong with your line. It's very hard to understand you. We get your point that you're tired of of people uh, blaming a lot of stuff on Trump, but I have to let you go because it's hard to hear. Thanks a lot. Thanks. Okay, uh, and we have a call from the United States of America, Ron in Buffalo. Hi, Ron. Hi. Okay, Uh, a lot of us down here, if you analyze what really happened there on November 8th, we, a lot of us feel that he didn't win the uh, election legitimately, even in the Electoral College. It's the seven battleground states of uh, Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania, Ohio, uh, North Carolina, and Florida, he won by, like, little, actually, a little over 100,000 votes totally. I just looked at it here. A little over 100,000 votes totally. Okay. And there were all sorts of irregularities in certain key places in Michigan, for example, Flint and um, Detroit, 75,000 ballots in those. He won that state by a little over 10,000 votes. 75,000 ballots came up with zero for uh, the president, Uh, like no one had voted for president in those heavily uh, uh, Democratic areas. Now, when they tried to do the recount, the Republican uh, attorney general of the state, uh, Sheehy, uh, did everything he could to delay and so the time limit would uh, would uh, um, uh, run out. They only managed to count 36. I, I kid you not, 36 of those 75,000 ballots. And either something was malfunctioned with the machines or deliberately programmed, because all 36 could plainly be seen when they looked at the paper uh, uh, printouts to have been voted for Hillary Clinton. Okay, now that's Pennsylvania, or that's uh, uh, in, Okay, in Ron, the- you're going to have to wrap it up because we have to switch gears in 10 seconds. But bottom line, you're okay, saying you don't line, think he won voted, fair and okay. square. Go to gregpalast.com. That's G-R-E-G-P-A-L-A-S-T dot com to get the real story on all the other stuff. Okay. Thanks, Ron. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Well, I, I think there is a consensus now. I know some people are questioning what happened here or there, but, but uh, you know, most so-called experts are saying that even with the Russian meddling or whatever, he did win. <laughs> Fair and square. Yeah, I'm not yeah. questioning the legitimacy of the election at all. Uh, I am questioning the legitimacy of a of a racist being in in the strongest uh, you know position of power uh, you know in this world. That that to me is hugely problematic. Okay, Mike, uh, we've got to go. Uh, what would you like to leave us with? Well, look, I I, I believe that there's some uh, that office will be a sobering place. I hope it will be. Uh, evidence suggests that he defies convention, but I really do hope the office will be a sobering place, and that he will uh, do better than uh, some of our worst uh, concerns are. Uh, tomorrow will be endlessly fascinating, and I hope that we're uh, we're at the beginning of uh, uh, that he uh, defies expectations and does better than uh, some may uh, may uh, fear. Yep, I think we all hope so, uh, Mike. Van Solen and Bertie Farber, thanks so much for joining us. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. 
Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.